Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Friday morning. Major news in the shooting on the Rust movie set. Alec Baldwin facing criminal charges and potentially years behind bars. It's January 20th. This is today. Making the case, Alec Baldwin set to be charged with involuntary manslaughter in the death of the cinematographer on his movie set. Prosecutors at last revealing their decision after more than a year of investigation. This was something that was more than mere negligence. It was people acting recklessly. The actor calling criminal charges a miscarriage of justice. What the victim's family is saying this morning and can prosecutors prove this case straight ahead. Brushing it off. There's no there there. After ignoring questions for days, President Biden dismissing the classified documents controversy that now surrounds him in his most extensive comments on the matter yet. How that response could go over on Capitol Hill and with investigators. One, two, punch. A new system ramping up today on the heels of that cross-country storm that's brought snow and rain from Colorado to New England. And Al says even more winter weather is right behind it. He's got the weekend forecast. Legend lost. The tributes pour in for music icon David Crosby, a driving force in some of the most influential bands of all time. All that, plus flipping out. Our exclusive interview with Olivia Dunn, a social media star and gymnast shaking up the world of college sports. Those pool days, those beach days with your friends, I was in the gym training. What she's saying about the pressures and perks that come with her newfound fame and fortune. And football fever. Fans from coast to coast gearing up for a big weekend of NFL playoff action on the road to the Super Bowl. And we've got everything you need to know to enjoy those games today, Friday, January 20th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Everybody, good morning. It is Friday. We got there. So glad to have you along with us. We have reached the end of a very busy week. A lot to update you on this morning, including that wet weather. It's moving east and it made for a messy morning commute. We'll have a lot more of that on the way. Plus, two big stories out of Washington today. President Biden breaking his silence over those classified documents. And there are new questions after a lengthy investigation into... Uh, to identify who leaked a draft of the Supreme Court's abortion ruling overturning Roe v. Wade. So we'll have the latest on both of those. But first, where things stand for Alec Baldwin. In the coming days, formal charges of involuntary manslaughter will be filed against the actor and the film's armorer over the shooting death of a cinematographer, Helena Hutchins. We're going to break this all down for you. We'll start with NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer. Miguel, good morning to you. 
Guys, good morning. By the end of this month, Alec Baldwin and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the film's armorer, are expected to formally be charged here in New Mexico. Now, during that initial appearance, they don't need to physically be here in Santa Fe. It's the start of a legal process where the stakes are high and where both could face up to six and a half years in prison. I was the one holding the gun, yeah. From actor-producer to high-profile defendant, this morning, Alec Baldwin facing involuntary manslaughter along with a firearms charge for his role in the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. He's facing charges because of both. As the actor that pulled the trigger, that's obviously a, a very compelling fact, but he's also facing charges as a producer because he should have known that the conditions on that set were unsafe. Confident they can convict, prosecutors say they never believed Baldwin's statement he didn't pull the trigger. Alec Baldwin said he never pulled the trigger on the handgun that fired. Do you believe that? That's not true. Uh, and we know that from the FBI lab report. That gun would not have fired without the trigger having been pulled. We have videos of him where his hand was on the trigger. Prosecutors also argue that Baldwin had a duty to properly check the gun before using it. But Baldwin's attorney, who called the decision a terrible miscarriage of justice, said that Baldwin relied on the professionals with whom he worked, who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. The lawyer for Matthew Hutchins, the victim's widower, supporting the decision to charge, writing, no one is above the law. Last year, Hutchins with Hoda. So do you think that the majority of the blame lays on Alec Baldwin? The idea that the person holding the gun, causing it to discharge, is not responsible is absurd to me. Do you think someone should go to prison over all of the evidence you've reviewed? Prison is not necessarily the goal. What I want is justice for Helena Hutchins. After sorting through body camera footage, police interviews, and forensic testing of the gun, the DA is also charging Russ Armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, with involuntary manslaughter. It was her job to ensure gun safety and to check all the bullets on set were harmless dummy rounds. So there's live rounds all over the set. An accident was going to happen, and she should have, or somebody should have noticed that at some point. But Gutierrez-Reed's attorneys call the charges the result of a very flawed investigation. Meantime, a third crew member, Assistant Director Dave Halls, cut a deal with the prosecution, pleading no contest to negligent use of a deadly weapon. His attorney arguing Halls wasn't directly responsible for what happened. Dave did not hand the gun to Alec Baldwin. This morning, 15 months after a deadly and tragic accident, the district attorney says three people who should have prevented the shooting will now all face justice. Today, we still don't have the answer to the critical question, how did live rounds actually end up on set? As for the film Rust, it was set to resume filming this month in January with Matthew Hutchins as an executive producer. Now with these charges, the question remains, will the film still go forward? Savannah. So many questions in this case. Miguel, thank you. That brings us to NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett, who's with us now. I mean, we've talked about this case. Were you surprised to see yes. the DA here actually charge Alec Baldwin, the actor? A hundred percent. The prosecutors have a pretty stiff hill to climb here. And part of the reason is there's not only factual disputes, which we can get into, but there's real thorny legal issues here. The prosecutors' whole theory is essentially that Alec Baldwin, as an actor and a producer, had 
a duty, had a burden to actually check the gun in connection with the armor and make sure there were not live rounds on the set. Her whole theory is that it was not enough for him to rely on being told that there were not live rounds. He says he didn't know there were live rounds. He says he didn't even pull the trigger. But her whole theory is that he had an obligation to check and he failed to do it. What about that interview? Because it struck me. He did say in, in an interview he did, I did not pull the trigger. I pulled the hammer back, but not the trigger. How is that playing into this whole case? It's a huge factual dispute. The prosecutor says we have evidence that he did pull the trigger. She says she doesn't believe him. They had the FBI commission a report to look into it. Uh, she believes she can bolster that in court. But for Alec Baldwin, you would you would almost think it doesn't matter because if he believes that there isn't a live round in there, if he pulled the trigger or not, it shouldn't matter. But again, to have him on camera say that, if she can show that was a lie, that's a problem in front of the jury. Just to be clear for folks who, you know, aren't, aren't watching court TV all day long, <laughs> this is a criminal negligence case. No <laughs> one's saying this wasn't an accident. Right. No mm-hmm. one's saying that anyone did this right. intentionally. The argument here is that it is negligence that is so severe it amounts to recklessness. Yes. It's criminal negligence. The best way to think about it is extreme carelessness, right? Think about somebody who's texting while driving and as a part of looking down, hits somebody and kills that person. No one thinks that was intentional. No one thinks that you wanted to, but you should have been on notice that what you were doing was reckless. And that's the type of case that they're trying to build here. But again, her whole theory is that he was required to look at the gun, even though he says he was told he didn't think there were live rounds in there. Let's talk about this third individual, Mm -hmm. Dave Halls. He's the assistant director. He cut a deal. He got a plea deal and is expected to testify. How important is that? I think it's key because the prosecutor says she will have him testify about the atmospherics on the set, which is really important because the whole, the prosecutor's whole theory here is that it was sloppy and everybody knew that there were shortcomings when it came to safety. And that could go to Alec Baldwin's culpability if Dave Halls can say that. Potential witnesses mm-hmm. also who might say, we did we saw see the him. trigger mm-hmm. pulled. Yes. Potential mm-hmm. video evidence, if it's mm-hmm. there, has exactly. been alluded to. So mm-hmm. lots to get to here. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating case. Thank you, Laura. Thank sure. you, Laura. Meantime, uh, President Biden arrives back in the nation's capital overnight after touring storm damage in California. And while he was there, he broke days of silence about the classified documents controversy that surrounds him. NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, joins us now. Hey, Kristen, what is the president saying? Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Well, look, the fact that President Biden is speaking out really highlights his level of concern that this controversy is just overshadowing his presidency. As you said, this did happen while he was visiting storm-ravaged California yesterday. The president making his first public comment since a special counsel was appointed to investigate his handling of classified material from the Obama administration. Just to remind everyone, the president's attorneys found those classified documents at his private office right here in D.C. in his Wilmington home. Here's what he had to say. Take a listen. We found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. President also adding he has no regrets. Now, in response to scrutiny over leaving key questions unanswered, the White House insists. They're trying not to say anything that might complicate the DOJ investigation. Meantime, sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News the investigation will not affect the president's potential reelection plans. Of course, that's looming over all of this. And that could come after his State of the Union address next month, Hoda and Savannah. All right, Kristen, while I have you, major news in that Supreme Court investigation that was looking into that unprecedented leak of a draft opinion overturning the Roe v. Wade abortion decision. What was found? 
Savannah, this is stunning. After an eight-month internal investigation, not a whole lot was found. The Supreme Court revealing they still don't know who was behind that bombshell leak that overturned Roe v. Wade. The report did suggest it's unlikely the leak was a result of a hack, but perhaps came from the nearly 100 employees who did have access to the draft opinion. Now, this is really interesting as well. Some of the people interviewed admitted to investigators that they had told their partner about the draft opinion. But it's still unclear whether the nine justices themselves were actually interviewed. You'll recall that the justices called this one of the worst breaches in the trust of the court's history. Investigators did recommend a couple things, Savannah, stiffer security and a much smaller distribution list. All right. Kristen Welker at the White House. Thank you. 712. Craig joins the table. Another big story out of Washington. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Congressman George Santos speaking out amid the growing calls for his resignation under fire for misrepresenting his resume. Yesterday, Santos addressed a new report that he performed in drag. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hake has this story for us. Garrett, good morning to you. Hey, Craig. Good morning. Yeah. Congressman Santos has already admitted to lying about his work history and if he went to college. And he's been caught in lies about his religion and other parts of his background, too. And he's had little to say publicly about any of it. But now he's pushing back on the latest scrutiny of his past. Under investigation and under fire for a growing sea of scandals, New York Congressman George Santos now taking to Twitter to defend himself and to deny reports he performed in drag in Brazil in the late 2000s. Two Brazilian sources tell NBC News that this is Santos, then using the drag name Kitara, seen here being interviewed at a gay pride parade in a suburb of Rio de Janeiro in 2007. Santos, now the first openly gay House Republican, tweeting that any claims he was a drag queen or performed in drag are a, quote, media obsession and categorically false. Santos also pushing back against reporting that he walked away with $3,000 raised on a GoFundMe to pay for surgery for a disabled veteran's service dog, Sapphire. That veteran, Richard Osthoff, telling NBC News that Santos' charity, Friends of Pets United, set up the donation website. But when it came time for the surgery, Ostoff says Santos refused to hand over the money. Ostoff was forced to put Sapphire down instead. It's disgusting. It's horrible. He should be ashamed of himself, but he doesn't have shame. He does. He's a psychopath. Santos calling reports he would let a dog die, quote, shocking and insane, adding these distractions won't stop me. But Santos faces at least five different investigations, some by law enforcement that might. Any criminal indictment or action by the House Ethics Committee could force Santos off his newly assigned committees. And if Santos stays in Congress long enough to face voters again next year, Democrats say they won't be fooled again by his falsehoods. The election of a complete charlatan like George Santos, who's almost a caricature unto himself, should be a shock and a jolt to the system. It should be a wake-up call for the Democratic Party in New York State. One of those sources in Brazil who recognized and identified Santos was Brazilian drag queen Yula Rochard, who said they met when Santos was just 17. She told NBC that she remembered him having a, quote, outgrown sense of grandeur and said that he, quote, lied all the time. She told us she was surprised when she learned he'd been elected to Congress. 
Craig. Our senior congressional correspondent, Garrett Hakeforce. Garrett, thank you. Got a lot more to get to. We're heading into the biggest weekend, or one of them, of the NFL season so far. The second round of the playoffs, and as fans across the country get ready to enjoy the action on the field, we're also getting a new update on DeMar Hamlin's road to recovery. NBC's Emily Aketa joins us now from the home of the Bills. Hey, Emily. Good morning to you, Hoda. Fans are revved up just like the wind here for what will surely be an action-packed weekend league-wide. But undoubtedly, all eyes will be here on Highmark Stadium, where the Bills and Bengals are set to face off for the first time since Damar Hamlin suffered that on-field medical emergency earlier this month. Now, we are learning more details about Damar Hamlin's condition, but the question, the unanswered question that remains at this hour, will number three be making an appearance at Sunday's game? This morning, DeMar Hamlin is on the road to what will be a lengthy recovery. A source close to DeMar revealing the Bills' safety still requires oxygen, is having his heart monitored regularly, and gets winded very easily. Still, less than three weeks after Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, he's been released from the hospital and has been visiting his teammates at the Bills' facility. Just seeing him, just interacting with the guys. I mean, it's amazing. That's our brother. You know, guys love having him back in the building. His upbeat and positive attitude, getting the team ready for Sunday's big game against the Cincinnati Bengals in their first face-off since Hamlin's medical emergency. Our guys healthy, you know, that's all that matters. And for us, is going out there, you know, just finish where we started. From Buffalo to the Bay Area, it's the weekend NFL fans have been waiting for. The final eight teams battling for playoff glory, led by a star-studded football fountain of youth. I think you build up for this all season long. Every starting quarterback suiting up, still in their 20s. Go leave it all out there on the field and see where the result comes. After dominating Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Dallas Cowboys adding extra insurance, signing another kicker to their practice squad after starter Brett Maher missed a jaw-dropping four extra points in one game. Dallas will need to be at their best against the talented San Francisco 49ers. It's about detail and it's about executing and it's about playing at a high level. In the city of brotherly love, two fierce NFC East rivals squaring off. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles hosting Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Even the city's iconic Rocky statue sporting Hurts' jersey. <laughs> Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs face the surging Jacksonville Jaguars. Hot off their historic 27-point comeback, they celebrated in style. We took that night and enjoyed it and had some Waffle House and all that, but we, you got to move on pretty quick. As eight elite teams quickly close in on their Super Bowl dreams. Back here in Buffalo, again, it's not clear whether DeMar Hamlin will make an appearance at Sunday's game. But regardless, we know his presence will be felt throughout Orchard Park. Teammates showing off the latest tribute to number three on social media, a pendant with his number. Again, so many people standing behind DeMar Hamlin as he continues in his recovery. Guys, back to you. And that would be something if he, he was at the game. Uh, Emily, thank you so much. All right. Who do we like this weekend? Mm. I know you like the Eagles. Eagles. The, Giant, the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. Wow. Okay. All right. My about you? I, I like football. The, oh, you're new to your Switzerland? Like this well, I like the Chiefs, but the crews asked me to stop weighing in because anytime I weigh in, they say that I, I get it wrong and, oh. and they lose money. Okay. So I've decided okay. to not weigh okay. in. Uh, we should mention, though, that this weekend's playoff action starts 
right here on the Peacock, right here on NBC, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs coverage starting at 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can stream that game on Peacock as well. We'll be watching. The weather could impact some of those playoff mm-hmm. battles. A new storm system ramping up. That's right. Out. And it's just the beginning, actually. Eight million people from the southwest all the way into the northeast looking at some wintry weather. You can see up there uh, where Emily is, uh, some freezing rain, some snow, uh, snow around Flagstaff as well. Light amounts. But what we're now watching is this weekend east coast storm. Heavy rain tomorrow for much of the Gulf Coast. Rain spreading across Florida by the afternoon. Sunday, that soaking rain makes its way into the southeast. Snow developing into interior sections of the northeast in New England. And Monday moves off the coast. Blustery, colder air. Rain along the I-95 corridor, but interior amounts of snow. We're going to watch that. And we're seeing a change in the pattern. Good news for our friends out west. Right now, this ridge builds out there. The wet weather stays north of uh, California and much of the Pacific Northwest, but storms are going to be riding down this jet stream. The Rockies to Texas, the systems will strengthen Monday and Tuesday. Big storm system look like developing. Wintery travel across the plains, severe weather along the, the uh, Gulf Coast. And then Wednesday and Thursday, it makes its way up toward the northeast. Heavy rain, strong winds along the coast, significant snow possible from the Midwest into Maine. We're going to be watching this all next week. And that is your latest weather. Guys, thanks. Thank you, Al. Coming up, we're going to have a lot more on Alec Baldwin and those charges in the Rust case, putting the actor's past controversies back in the spotlight. And Joe Fryer will be along with a closer look at that. Plus, our exclusive interview with the highest earning woman in college sports, gymnast and social media sensation Olivia Dunn. What she's saying about cashing in on her fame and the challenges that come along with it. Also, her future. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's begin this half hour with your 7.30 headlines, and we start with some frightening moments inside a southern Indiana Walmart store. A gunman opening fire just before 10 o'clock last night at a store in Evansville. One person was wounded, later rushed to the hospital. The gunman exchanged fire with police before he was shot and killed by officers. So far, his motive is not known. Also, no word this morning on the condition of the victim. Meanwhile, in Newport News, Virginia, the teacher who was shot allegedly by a six-year-old student 
student has been released from the hospital. Abigail Zwerner is continuing her recovery as an outpatient for the first time. We're hearing from the parents of the boy accused in the shooting. In a statement, the family calls this an unimaginable tragedy, offers prayers to the teacher and all of those impacted. And the family goes on to say that their son suffers from, quote, an acute disability and was under a care plan at the school. A wireless carrier T-Mobile says an intruder breached its network in late November and stole data on 37 million customers. The company says the breach was only discovered a couple of weeks ago. Addresses, phone numbers, and dates of birth were compromised, but T-Mobile says the breach did not include information on bank accounts, on credit cards, or social security numbers. Now to more on our top story this morning, Alec Baldwin facing those criminal charges over the fatal shooting on the set of his movie, Russ. It is the latest chapter in the star's successful but also controversial career. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer is taking a closer look at that. Hey, Joe. Hey there. Good morning. The 64-year-old actor has spent more than half of his life in front of the camera, playing so many iconic roles in both TV and film. But his career has also been marred by his actions in his very public personal life, where at times his behavior took over the spotlight. For more than three decades, Alec Baldwin has lived in the public eye, and for years his highs and lows have been the subject of countless headlines. The eldest of the four Baldwin brothers, Alec first made a name for himself in Hollywood in the late 80s and early 90s, with starring roles in films like Beetlejuice and the popular spy thriller The Hunt for Red October. The captain seems to think you're some sort of cowboy. Years later, his acting career was cemented in gold with multiple Emmys and Golden Globe wins for his role as Jack Donaghy in NBC's hit sitcom 30 Rock. Women your age are more likely to be mauled at the zoo than get married. Baldwin continued to bring the laughs in recent years on SNL. I've turned over all my businesses to my two sons, Beavis and Butthead. But behind the scenes, a much different picture of the real-life Baldwin began to emerge, and the actor soon became famous for his temper. In 2007, audio of his scathing voicemail to his then 11-year-old daughter, Ireland, over a missed phone call leaked online. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig, okay? Baldwin said his words were out of frustration. And as people often do in this world, I took it out on the wrong person. His frustration and anger were again on public display in 2011 when the actor was kicked off an American Airlines flight after he refused to turn off his phone and stop playing the game Words with Friends. The airline said the actor caused a scene, slamming the door of the lavatory and calling the crew inappropriate names. Baldwin spoke out about the incident online, apologizing to other passengers on board. Meanwhile, out in the streets of New York City, Baldwin openly clashed with Papa the constant media scrutiny eventually proved to be too much for Baldwin. In a 2014 essay for Vulture, the actor bid farewell to public life, citing predatory photographers and his hatred for the media. But in 2018, he would find himself back in the headlines when he allegedly punched a man over a parking spot and was arrested. I thought he was going to get close to hitting my wife and my son. Baldwin denied throwing any punches, but pleaded guilty to harassment and agreed to anger management counseling. Now, years later, as Baldwin faces new charges, the actor once again finds himself at the center of controversy, adding to his complicated past.
Last September, Baldwin took to Instagram reflecting on a tough year, writing, my heart has been broken a thousand times this past year and things in my life may never be the same. He said it's his family that kept him alive, his reason for living. Of course, his attorneys say he plans to fight these charges and he plans to win. All right. Fascinating case. You spoke with Helena Hutchins. Husband, husband at, yeah, right, not and, long after the shooting. And he was saying, yeah, he said that if Alec Baldwin had his hand on the trigger, how could he not be responsible? I remember he was very angry at that time. We haven't heard from him yeah. at this moment, but we do hope to hear from him soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thank Thanks, you, Joe. Joe. Still ahead, a can't-miss conversation with four Hollywood icons. And Harry Smith's The Lucky One. He got to chat with Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Rita Moreno, and Lily Tomlin about their Why legendary careers and combining their talents in the new movie, 80 for Brady. First, though, Another woman in the spotlight, college gymnast and social media sensation, Olivia Dunn. What Olivia is revealing to us in an exclusive conversation about her rapid rise to fame and everything that comes with it right after this. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. We're back coming up on 740 with a Today exclusive. Well, a lot of athletes are, of course, influential, but very few at the college level can rival Louisiana State University gymnast Olivia Dunn. She has a massive following on social media and is now the highest earning woman in college athletics. NBC's Stephanie Gosk traveled to Baton Rouge to talk to Olivia. Stephanie, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Olivia Dunn is a junior on a four-year athletic scholarship competing for one of the top teams in the NCAA, though she's been sidelined this year by, by an injury. She's also a social media megastar. She's making millions of dollars as an influencer now that college athletes can cash in on their name, image, and likeness. We sat down with Dunn to talk about her success and all the challenges that come along with it. <laughs> To compete in Division I gymnastics, especially at Louisiana State University, it takes a childhood of dedication. I pretty much sacrificed my summers. You know, those pool days, those beach days with your friends. I was in the gym training. LSU knew Olivia Dunn would be a good gymnast. What they didn't anticipate was this. Livy is Dunn's social media name. That's most likely how these young men who came out to see her at a meet in Utah know her. And on social media, the 20-year-old is a superstar with nearly 10 million followers across Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. What do you make of your following? It's enormous. <laughs> it right? is. It's hard to wrap my head around at times, yeah. Did you know that those kids were going to be there? Young men, some of them teenagers. Yeah. Um, so in the past, I have had some of my supporters come out to the meets and watch and cheer for LSU, but that was insane. It really was. Following that meet, Dunn asked fans to be respectful. The university put in new security measures. 
Yeah, they gave us some new rules for us athletes just to keep us safe, to not go into the stands after meets. And we have a new security person that travels with us. Coach Jay Clark says the school was already considering increasing security. There's an intensity because of social media that just changes everything. It changes everything because I think it creates a kind of a false sense of accessibility and familiarity that followers feel as though they know there's a personal sort of connection. Now that the NCAA allows students to make money on their name and image, that influencer status has turned into sponsorship deals and lots of money. Dunn makes more than any other female college athlete. Are we talking six figures? Are we talking seven? Can you say? Um, I'm very grateful to be making seven figures. It is very cool that someone in college has the opportunity to do that now. But it comes with challenges. Dunn's content is a mix. Dance videos, behind the scenes with the team and images like these, which are not that different from some of the most popular influencers. Dunn says it sometimes generates threatening comments. Are there people who are reaching out in a way that is scary? Yeah, there are some people occasionally that do reach out and it is a bit concerning. She tells us last year the university went to the police over an incident. For those who may suggest the nature of her content is to blame, she has this to say. As a woman, you're not responsible for how a man looks at you and objectifies you. That's not a woman's responsibility. Stanford women's basketball coach Tara Vanderveer believes some of the content female athletes are posting undermines progress women have made in changing perceptions, telling the New York Times this is a step back, an argument that Coach Clark strongly disagrees with. If expression and self-expression is something that we value as a right in this country, then we have to be consistent when it doesn't necessarily fit what our own agenda might be. I don't think it sets things back. In a sport that offers few professional prospects, Coach Clark and LSU support Dunn's business opportunities, while she has her eye on a future after gymnastics. As for that future, Dunn tells me she wants to turn her brand into a business when she graduates and she's taking classes to get ready to do that, guys, including marketing. Now, she has competed, we see at the collegiate level, but also with names that we know well. Yeah, like Simone Biles. I mean, she's an elite gymnast within this country. She had her hopes on the Olympics, but she competed in the Nationals in 2018, and she finished 18th. But, you know, to make it where she is on that collegiate level takes a lot of dedication. It does. All right. Thank Thank you, Steph. Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Mr. Roker, how about a check of the weather? Hey, you know, interesting. Even though it was some horrible weather out west, there is a little bit of a silver lining. Those atmospheric rivers have dropped 31 trillion gallons of water on the state, enough to cover Florida, I should say California, with a foot of water. And we've been talking about the drought Uh, on December 20th. 81% of the state was in severe drought, exceptional drought, 7%, extreme drought, 36%. Well, guess what? Today, that has dropped significantly. No extreme drought, no exceptional drought, and only 43% of severe drought. So that's great news. The next storm starts to come out of the Rockies, but dry weather along the West Coast. Snow showers, Great Lakes today, mild down through the Southeast, plenty of sunshine, mid-plains, all the way down to Texas. And that is your latest weather, guys. Thanks, Al. Al, Coming up, we're going to remember a music legend. Tributes are pouring in this morning for the late, great David Crosby. But first, these messages. 
Uh, we're back with Carson, and we are paying tribute mm. to a music icon, of course, singer-songwriter David Crosby. Yes, we are. Member of two legendary bands, both The Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash, and later Young, of course. This his music was the soundtrack of the '60s and '70s. The 81-year-old icon passing away yesterday after a long illness. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with a look back at his life and his legacy. Ann, good morning. Hi, Carson. I've been singing that music all morning. In many ways, when you look at the life of David Crosby, he really was one of those larger-than-life characters. His musical style was honed in L.A.'s famed Laurel Canyon, creating a sound that inspired generations with melodies and harmonies. David Crosby made music that helped define an era. The singer, songwriter, and guitarist pioneering folk rock as a founding member of The Birds, taking that sound to new heights with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and eventually Neil Young. The man who helped create today's classic rock sound back then personified the 60s counterculture, a lifestyle that would lead to decades of addiction and even prison time. The man who sang beautiful harmonies in real life was less than harmonious. But he would still enter the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, as a member of The Birds, and then Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Without them, I could not have made this music. Despite harsh words in life, former bandmate Graham Nash saying of Crosby and death, he spoke his mind, his heart, and his passion through his beautiful music and leaves an incredible legacy. These are the things that matter most. Stephen Stills adding, he was without question a giant of a musician, and his harmonic sensibilities were nothing short of genius. The glue that held us together as our vocals soared like Icarus towards the sun. He had four children and was the sperm donor for Melissa Etheridge's two children. David Crosby lived an outsized life that he says was saved by music. Each day that I get, I'm very grateful for, and I try to do it making music. Amazing songs and amazing harmonies. In addition to his children, Crosby is also survived by his wife of 35 years, Jan. Wow. Wow. And when you said, I've been listening to that music all morning, I was going to yeah. say, we've been listening to that music all our lives. <laughs> no, it's yeah. very, especially in my case, yeah. yes. You couldn't write a Hollywood script more interesting than David Crosby's yeah. life. I hope our friend Jack Black, who's an incredible musician, yeah. takes a, the dramatic role to play him in, a, oh, in the story ooh, of his life. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, because it's incredible. His father won an Oscar, the music, yeah. the bands, the, um, the whole thing is mm-hmm. the drugs, the prison. Yeah. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, thank you, Carson. Thank you. Still ahead, news on another music icon. That is Dolly Parton, everybody, giving fans the surprising gift of a brand new song. It's her birthday gift to all of us. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.